You've stumbled across exegesis. I'm your queer gay priest, Ben Guerin. Here we talk about Bible, here are some sermons, and generally go about Christianity in a radically queer way that often involves the unexpected. This is a no-strings-attached sermon edition of the podcast, which means we'll hear the Sunday's Gospel, listen to a sermon preached in front of a live congregation, and then we'll do our basic wrap-up. Hope you enjoy. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. In one of the villages he entered during his journey, a woman called Martha entertained him in her house. She had a sister called Mary, and Mary took her place at the Lord's feet and listened to his words. Martha was distracted by waiting on many needs, so she came to his side and asked, Lord, art thou content that my sister should leave me to do the serving alone? Come, bid her help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha. How many cares and troubles thou hast! But only one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen for herself the best part of all, that which shall never be taken away from her. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Jesus, our Sovereign and Redeemer. Amen. Let's have a kiki. A kiki is a party for calming all your nerves, where you can speak the truth that is in your heart and on your mind in a deep and meaningful way, where you can dish out about all the frustrations that are in your life, about everything that is wearisome or burdensome, all the complaints you have about your co-workers, about certain institutions in the world which you might not actually be too upset if they somehow disappeared tomorrow. <laughs> Let's have a kiki. Now the concept, this concept of gathering together with a group of friends, of loved ones that you hold dear, that you know you can be honest with, that you know you can be a little bit over the top with, that know that when you say something, you might just be needing to get something out of your system, and you might not mean it for real, but sometimes a little bit of hyperbole is just needed so you can just let them know you're frustrated. Getting all of that out of our system is nothing new. Now, the term kiki comes from the drag community, and it's, I like it just because it's fun. But this idea of having a kiki, of sitting down and having solid and honest conversations where we can just decompress with each other about life is nothing new. It's something that is a necessary habit for healthy human life and being. 
that we just set aside some time where all the other work and other things and other realities get to be put on hold for a few minutes so we can decompress. Basic realities of human interaction. What I want to suggest is that at the very root of the gospel, the heart of the gospel, the start of the gospel, is the fact that Jesus, in the midst of being fully divine, was also fully human, and that Jesus went about having fully human interactions with other people. And that was actually the start of the gospel, was normal, everyday human interactions. But something happened. Really, something happens the moment someone put that pen to that paper and said, I'm going to be writing the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We start getting slightly removed from the concept that this is just basic human interactions at its start. And then the centuries build up 2,000 years later, and so much ink has been spilled about what started off as basic human interactions. But I, I, will, I will bet pretty much everything that as Jesus is sitting down with Mary and Martha comes into the room, Jesus isn't sitting there and saying, now what can I say so that in a few centuries, Augustine of Hippo will write, what Martha was doing, that we are now, what Mary was doing, that we hope for. Let us do the first well, that we may have the second fully. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Augustine of Hippo is wrong here. It's not to say that allegorical readings of the gospel that make us interact with ontological ideals that are transcendent about the very nature of the cosmos is something that's wrong to do. But there's also the fact that at its start, at its heart, this is just about basic human interactions. Martha and Mary were fully human individuals with lots of nuance, lots of character differentiation, lots of time in the midst of when they lived and evolved as persons and individuals. And what have we done? We've taken Martha, and Martha is the person who is just a busybody, who wants to do nothing but work, 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 nag, nag, nag. And what is Mary? But Mary is the perfect contemplative, sitting in austere peace at the feet of Jesus. Okay, maybe, like, for this ten minutes of this one story in the midst of an entire long life, of nuance and interactions, of good times and bad times, of places when they were on their best behavior and their worst behavior? Maybe. But even more than that, I think 
because of how we learn about the relationship between Jesus, Mary, and Martha, and their brother Lazarus, who isn't here in this story. We're talking about the people who aren't just disciples to Jesus, but in the midst of the gospel story, these are really the only people in the entirety of the gospel stories that we can look at and say, these look to be Jesus's friends. This looks to be the people that Jesus goes to who are his friends, possibly even before he started his ministry. Like the family that took him in and provided that other sort of chosen space that some of us find sometimes. If our family's great or if our family's not so great, we find that other group. It's like, wow, this is a household where I can go to Christmas dinner and it's just chill and it's just great and it's just fun. And I really think that's what's happening here is that Jesus is coming in. He's been doing a lot of ministry. It's not necessarily been easy. He's been working with the disciples and he loves them and he cares for them. But sometimes those disciples could not have been the best committee to have working with all the time. How many times does Peter say something so idiotic and frustrating that you can sort of see Jesus sort of, can you please just get what I'm trying to say for once, Peter? How many times has a synagogue where he's supposed to be welcomed and inviting people, supposed to be hoping to hear his message, how many times have they kicked him out? How many times has a town almost tried to throw Jesus off a cliff? How much frustration, how much need to decompress, how much need to just be able to calm his nerves does Jesus possibly have right now? So he finally gets back to Martha's house, to Mary's house, to Lazarus's house, this house that is sort of the second family for him, where his deepest friends are. And all he wants to do is decompress. And of course, then there's Martha. And Martha's like, oh, Martha's doing exactly what I do in this situation. Because someone arrives that you've been expecting as a house guest, and they're 30 minutes late, but you really need them to be about five hours late because <laughs> here's all the things. Is the cat litter been taken care of? Is my laundry still out on the line? Oh my goodness, I know last time they really liked this cheese that I got. Did I pick that up? Doing all of those things because she cares for Jesus. She wants to make sure that he's comfortable, that he's good. And so she's running around trying to get all those last little things done to make sure that Jesus can have the perfect space. And she realizes that Mary's not there and she's super frustrated. She has all this need herself to calm her nerves down and she walks in and she says Jesus can't you get Mary to help me so we can all just have this time together and I really think it's not like Jesus is going in some sort of way Martha 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 you are the ideal representation for all time for an anxiety-ridden person who can't calm down Jesus is just like Martha Let's have a kiki. <laughs> Let's just sit down. What cheese you have can wait. 
I've dealt with cat litter before. I know you do laundry. Sure, it's still on the line. That's okay. Come, sit, talk, chat. Let's go through every bit of truth that we need to talk about to each other right now because there's a lot of things that I just need to express to someone who I know I'm safe to talk to. I've been doing all this ministry thing. I have these 12 disciples. I love them. I'm glad I picked them. But oh my goodness, it's been a learning curve for them the past couple of months. And they're about to drive me up the wall. Just come and sit with me. Come and rest with me. Let us have this time of intentionality and honesty where we can care for each other, where we can decompress, and where we can calm down. And right now, right now in in the midst of what's going on in the world, if you're like me, the, the list of actions and activities and things that need to get done seems overwhelming. It is so possible to get caught up into that cycle that Martha finds herself in, where there's always something next on the to-do list and I have to get this face perfect, otherwise nothing is going to work. What am I going to do next? Why is no one helping me? Oh my goodness, through the roof. And we don't take the time to decompress. We don't take the time to sit down and just talk out with people what's going on. We feel we have to hurry, hurry, hurry to the next thing. Well, Jesus has been hurrying, hurrying, and hurrying to the next thing. Jesus has been sending out the apostles in twos to hurry and hurry and hurry and hurry and do the next thing. Jesus has come to Martha and Mary's house in the midst of that, exhausted to decompress. Tomorrow, I'm going to be down at our county government building, working with a lot of other concerned citizens, trying to hash out and figure out what we're going to do when it comes to this refugee immigration crisis, specifically in regards to Where are we going to house the refugees once the monastery that Casalitas is is no longer available? And the major thing on the schedule is the possibility of using unused wards at the juvenile detention center as a new shelter. And there are a lot of people asking, is there some alternative that we can do? And this came up as a thing last week. And there have been many concerned individuals doing everything they can, taking so many actions with so much anxiety, people organizing as they're flying home from other organizing events around other issues in this country, sending out email threads and starting Facebook groups to try to get something done. And this is just the most current thing on the radar of what seems like a never-ending list right now. 
And I sat there, and it was Thursday evening, and I'd had in my calendar for like two weeks that I was going to hike to the top of Mount Wrightson on Friday. And I sat there on Thursday night and tried to figure out if I was going to set my alarm in time to go or if I need to stay here and I needed to keep doing work. I need to keep being active. In the end, I said, this has been on my calendar for two weeks because two weeks ago, I didn't go because something else came up. And if I don't take what's on my calendar and do this, it's never going to happen. So it was really difficult, but I got in my car, I drove down to Madera Canyon, and I decompressed over 16 miles of hiking up to the top of Mount Wrightson and back down. And it wasn't easy, and for the first half of that hike, I was literally blaming myself for not being on my phone and organizing. But on the way back down, I realized that I needed that time to decompress. I needed that kiki reality of decompression. And much more than anything that Augustine of Hippo or anyone talking about the ideals of what it means to be a Mary versus a Martha. Right now, what I want all of you to try to figure out and do in the midst of everything that is happening in our escalating reality is ask yourself, what is the key key that you need to have to decompress? And I'd strongly suggest you actually find that group of friends that you can get together with and just speak truth and wrestle through things and name all your frustrations and have the huge rant where you say you want to do things that you'll never do because by golly that would make life so much easier so when you get that out of your system you can actually come in the midst of reflection to a next thing that you can do that's going to be healthy for you but also bring the kingdom of God more into this world. And so my hope is that you can join Jesus and Mary and Martha once we get all of ourselves on the same page and find a way to have a kiki this week. The one that you need to refresh yourself, to sit down and recharge yourself, to decompress, to get everything that's in your system out of your system so that we can go back to the work, go back to the ministry, go back to the life that we know we are called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. But never forgetting in the midst of that work that we are also called to decompress. We're also called to rest and be in peace with each other. But even Jesus had a moment where he said, you know, let's have a kiki. Amen. A special thanks to St. Andrew's Episcopal Church Tucson for providing a pulpit and also a live congregation. Sermons require more than just a preacher. Our reading of the Gospel today 
came from the translation from the Latin Vulgate by Monsignor Ronald Knox. It's one of the more poetic translations of the Bible into modern-day English. Like every translation, it has its problems, but it often has a turn of phrase or some sort of new way of looking at the Gospel text that I often find worthwhile. I strongly suggest that you find a copy somewhere and see what you think. This concludes this No Strings Attached sermon episode of Exegesis. As you go forth into the world, or as you are forth in the world, we hope that you have a blessed day and that you find ways to make it radically queer and radically welcome wherever and whoever and however you are. Amen.